0: you are now about to enter Now, now, now
1: about to enter Victoria Stillwell's Positively Podcast. Enter Enter Now featuring world-renowned dog trainer and host of Animal Planets, It's Me or the Dog, Victoria Stillwell. Now, here's Victoria Stillwell and her co-host,
0: Holly Furfur. You're listening to another episode of Victoria Stillwell's Positively Podcast. I'm Holly Furfur with Victoria Stilwell, how are you? I'm very good, thank you. We're laughing, <laughs> really. If people could only see the setup here and see the behind the scenes, people. Dave Marino, our production guy with Number Nine Production. Your husband, Van, here. Sean on the phone. My husband. It's we got to do something. We do, and I, I,
1: I, they're all great guys in their own <laughs> right. But I have to say, Dave Marino, our producer, he's something else. He's different. <laughs> he is different, and. Um, He's just told us that he knows how to cook turkey. So what we're going to do, we are going to, for our Thanksgiving podcast, we are going to have a clip of Dave Marino cooking turkey. This guy has got to be seen to be believed. You have to watch this.
0: Don't say anymore because you're just going to die when you see it. I'm laughing just thinking about it, talking about it. Okay. To be continued on that. But uh, last podcast, we talked about a lot of things, but we were talking so much we never got to ask Victoria. So we never got to ask you questions. So you wanted to do this one completely, questions? Let's do it. Okay. For the record, um, if you want to email Victoria any questions on the Positively podcast webpage, you'll see the po- on the podcast page and Ask Victoria button. So if you ever want to ask Victoria a question, Hit that and uh, file away a question. And uh, just as, okay, Margrethe, Margrethe Wold. She actually is in Denmark. Hmm. Um, I hope I said your name right. I'm you know, I'm terrible with accents and names. But this one says, hi, thanks for making such a great podcast. I hope you have time for my question. I think the answer will interest other listeners too. So here we go. I have an Irish wolfhound nearly one year old, and she's quite shy and afraid of cyclists. Hmm. Before we go further, explain to people the Irish Wolfhound.
1: The Irish Wolfhound, well, they're they're beautiful, they a hunting breed. And um, they're probably, along with Great Danes, one of the tallest breeds that you can have. Um, Beautiful, beautiful animals, and were certainly used by royalty. The Scottish Deerhound, the Irish Wolfhound, very, very similar. Um, obviously, one bred in Ireland, the other one bred in, Scot- in Scotland. But they were used used to hunt.
0: I knew someone who had an Irish Wolfhound, and when it stood up on its hind legs, it was almost a foot taller than me. Yeah, she barks at cyclists if she's startled by them, and lately she started growling at them too. Because I'm worried she might turn aggressive, I've contacted a dog behavior specialist and got the advice to start giving her a medicine called. Comic Calm, which would relieve some of her stress so that she's more receptive to training. I would be grateful if you could have a discussion on using antidepressants on dogs. Is this recommendable? Does it work? With regards, Marguerite. Now, we talked about it a little bit last week, but this is an interesting behavior. Cause I think in podcast past, I've talked about my dog, Barnsley, who's a coonhound, who started chasing cars and he barks at them. Same kind of aggressiveness. And you kind of gave me a little bit different advice to begin with. So what do you think about this? Um,
1: Again, I think it's not a great idea to fall back on medication um, in order to try and treat a problem. Now, I'm not there. I haven't seen it. So if a dog really, really is too anxious and too stressed to be able to even concentrate on training, then certainly the medication can help. The dog get to a level where it can learn, but if that stress only occurs when the dog sees a bicycle, then I would say that putting a dog on medication for just that part of its behavior is way over the top mm-hmm. and won 't help at all again, as I said, Irish wolfhounds they are a hunting breed, and they were used to chase and catch deer, and wolves, and other wild animals. So they have a big chase instinct. And what is better to chase than a bicycle Mm -hmm. going past, or a motorbike? Probably have the same idea with with people on skateboards and anybody running past. I I think it would be much better to be able to teach this dog to have impulse control, um, and to be able to do an activity with this dog that would allow the dog to get all of its instinctive behavior out on something in a positive way rather than a negative way. So the dog has a chance to practice behavior in a controlled setting, but then is taught impulse control around bicycles and other, and motorbikes and other things on the street that it chases. So, for example, mm-hmm. Lure coursing is a great sport for dogs that like to chase things.
0: What what kind of a sport?
1: Lure coursing.
0: Have you ever seen
1: Have you ever seen greyhound racing? Yes. Not that I'm endorsing greyhound racing right. because I'm not, but you know they chase a small fluffy thing. Oh that is, right, okay. It's very very similar, <clears throat> and um, there are great organisations that you can become a part of. Um, every weekend they'll hold uh, little meetings where you get together and where your dog can do lure coursing you can either do it competitively or just have a good time with it and so they find that actually dogs that do this chase in other situations chase much less so the dog can get all of its feelings out with the lure coursing when it's allowed to but then can almost separate the difference between the lure coursing and chasing a bicycle So all I'm saying is that she should try and get her dog involved in an activity where it can practice what it really wants to do. But then it's all about telling the dog it's inappropriate in this setting so that focus is very important on her. And what I do, I start with dogs, first of all, we don't even have a bicycle around. That dog has got to learn to give focus to the owner when a specific cue has been given. And that's done in a very very calm environment where there are no distractions so the dog is always successful so you set up a cure word like watch me or look at me and um, each time you do that you put a piece of food up to your eyes the dog immediately looks at you as it wants the piece of food and you can do this with a toy if your dog is toy motivated and then the dog gets either the food or the toy as a reward and you keep on doing this so then the dog builds up a behavior that whenever you say the cue word it looks straight at you Um, Then you can teach the dog to wait. So wait wait is a really, it's almost a self-inhibition behavior where the dog learns to inhibit its behavior in a distraction-free environment. Then you take it outside, and so you get focus outside and the good wait command outside. And then what happens is that you have a stationary bicycle. Have a stationary bicycle and do the cue and all of the training in front of the stationary bicycle. And then you get someone, not to ride the bicycle, but just to move it back and forth. And you're getting the dog focused. The dog is getting lots of reward for maybe looking at the bike and then looking back at you. And then you begin to move it a lot faster. You can do this with cars as well, in a controlled environment. Mm-hmm. So basically the dog learns that it's more reinforcing to look at you and wait in front when a car or a motorbike or a bicycle goes past than it is to chase that bicycle. I I mean, I don't believe in just punishing the dog and telling it to stop or or no, um, or trying to put in an alpha roll or any of that because that doesn't serve any purpose whatsoever. I want the dog to really think. I want the dog to really learn. Okay, I'm not allowed to do this. And
0: it's hard, but I get much better things from my owner if I don't. Okay, our next question is from Michelle Sharko here in the States. And her question is, my dog continues to pee on my furniture in my sunroom. How do I get rid of the smell so he does not continue to do that? Should I crate him when I leave? He does it every time we leave the house. I try and lock him up with a gate, but he gets out every time. The smell, I cannot seem to get rid of it. I cleaned it with disinfectant, but does not seem to help. It sounds to me like this is more than just a smell issue. This is a behavioral issue. This is a behavioral issue, Um does it only
1: occur when, when she goes out? That's what it sounds like. Therefore, is it linked to some kind of anxiety of them leaving? Um, uh, and I've actually just worked on a case like this where mm-hmm. the owner thought that the dog was doing it out of spite. And actually, the dog would mark different things like a s- sofa or the owner's bed um, and would, would toilet, would do both, would poop and pee on the owner's bed and they saw this as spite, or the, the, the dog's way of punishing an owner and actually it's really not, it's an expression of anxiety um, and whether it's uh, pure anxiety or is it marking and the reason why dogs mark sofas or beds is because those are the things that smell most heavily of of an owner so we've got to get away from the fact that dogs mark or, or urinate on things because of spite or because of punishment. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a human emotion, not yes. a dog emotion. And I would say, it's, first of all, is it just in the sunroom? Is it because he's left in the sunroom? Or does he have the whole run of the house, but he only does it in the sunroom? Does the sunroom have a door that goes out to the backyard? Is he trying to say, I can't hold it, and that's the only place that he can go? Was he taught to go there on a pee pad when he was younger? There's something about that sunroom that he knows. Now, obviously, he's smelling where he went before, so he's just redoing it over and over again on that. And the only way that you can really get the smell out is to all the sofa cushions and all the furniture you need to give a good wash, and bleach does it, but... obviously on furniture you've got to be careful with that but there are so many if you go to a pet store there are so many pet deodorizers that you can use because what it is is the ammonia and the urine that you might not be able to smell um, when you've cleaned it well but the dog still can so Mm -hmm. it actually encourages the dog to urinate again in the same spot so you have to make sure it's 100% clean go and get a a pet deodorizer deodorizer that cuts the enzymes out in the urine so there is no more smell Um, Sometimes you have to repeat that again and again and again to get the smell. And if a dog is going on the floor as well, uh, or if the the furniture is wooden, the wood will actually seep up the urine. So when you have damaged wood like that or damaged wood on furniture, it's almost impossible to get that smell out.
0: Now, she says here that she tries to lock him up with a gate, but he gets out every time, and she wants to know if she should crate him when she leaves. Is crating maybe an answer, or is that going to cause more anxiety? Well, that's what I would be worried about,
1: because dogs that suffer from separation anxiety, it can be made even worse if they're crated. Confined spaces make that anxiety a, a lot um create creates a a bigger bigger problem (coughs) um i I would say you know there are different kinds of baby gates what kind of baby gates is she using there are baby gates that are much taller than just a regular size baby gates that she can get online um and is she leaving can she leave the dog some activity toys that it can play with Um, how long is she leaving (coughs) the dog for these are all questions that i would ask her but i would say if you could before you go out take the dog out for exercise, take it for a walk so it's tired and so that it gets a lot of, a, a lot of chance to eliminate before you leave. Um, and that hopefully will maybe lessen anxiety or lessen the desire to mark if that is indeed what he's doing.
0: Okay, good luck, Michelle. We hope you fix that problem. We know that can be really frustrating to owners. Um, this one is from Rosa Galliano from Caracas, Venezuela. Oh, my show has just started there.
1: Animal Planet Latin America have picked up the show, and now it's in... Um it's about ten different countries, from Venezuela to Mexico. So now, wow. I, now it's me all the dog is in fifty countries around the world.
0: Fantastic! Congratulations! Yeah. Yeah, well, they you. have dogs and problems too. So you I'm bet sure they do. Everybody yes. will find it helpful. And by the way, when you go shoot in Latin America, I would like to be your producer yes, or absolutely. Your you, you can okay. come with me. <laughs> Uh, this question is, um, she says, Hi, Rosa says, I have two Cocker Spaniels, Sophia and Hector. I have a front yard and they go pee and poop in the lawn. But when it rains, I keep them inside the house and use an under pad bed protector to pee and poop in. But Hector does number two walking and has never been able to do it in the pad. If I try to hold him while he goes, he stops. What can I do to make stop make him stop walking while he goes? Now, that's a hard one
1: because you you kind of have to be there. There are some dogs that will walk when they poop, whether that's because that's just how they do it or whether it's because they're spreading their scent further. Um, But why does she bring them in when it rains? Why do the dogs not like going out in the rain or she doesn't like going out in the rain? Because I would say keep it outside, keep it outside as much as possible you don't really want your dogs to be going inside anyway.
0: I guess if it was raining, what I've done when I had a very old dog who was kind of elderly who didn't really care for the rain, I would just hold an umbrella over her yes. and so it worked.
1: Yes, absolutely. Go outside. You get a little wet but you hold an umbrella over the dog or if you've got a covered area in a y- and yard or, a, or even a big table umbrella that you, can, that you can use. But I think those dogs shouldn't be going inside at all. You're actually encouraging that behavior.
0: And so as far as walking, don't try and stop the dog from doing that. Well, I think the
1: the only way that you can do it is if you're actually standing with the dog while it poops, but that's just the way it does it. And I don't think you're going to be able to stop it unless you just give them um, the opportunity to go outside even when it is raining.
0: And I guess that's not the worst behavior if it walks and, you know, the poop is a few inches apart. I can't believe we're talking about this. I never thought in my life I'd be, but if it was a few inches apart then it's better than in the alternative, which is the dog doesn't go or hides it around the house and right. goes in
1: inappropriate places. And, and then maybe you're going to have, I mean, if you really can't take the dog out in the rain, then you're just going to have to have a very, very long pee pad.
0: Or a t- couple together. Yes. All right, Rosa, good luck with that one. Uh, this question comes from Matt in San Francisco, and he says his three-year-old Shih Tzu, Peanut, developed very aggressive behavior towards other dogs, women, men, kids after bringing home a second shih tzu two years ago hmm. both are male peanut will bark and attack anyone unfamiliar who comes over which limits who we can have over he recently lunged at our niece though she came away unscathed that's good we would appreciate any help as now we have a six week old baby girl okay well this is that sounds like that the
1: dog has really reacted to the other dog being brought in and um it's showing a lot of anxiety type behaviors a lot of controlling behaviors so I think that's quite an extensive problem and any time where you've got people that are coming under attack or you've got children um I'd say you have to get a trainer in to see whereabouts does she live
0: She is uh he's in San Francisco it's Matt in San Francisco In San
1: Francisco because um we are you know I'm building up my trainer network so that there are trainers around the country for the um that train under the Positively brand and um in order to check those out, you can find a trainer in your area by going to my website at positively.com and to find a trainer in your area. And all of these trainers I have met, and um, you know they're wonderful, wonderful people. But I don't think that we've got one close to the San Francisco area yet. But I would say um, they need to find a good positive reinforcement trainer because this is a, a behavior that is very, very serious and probably will require quite an extensive therapy. Um, It's something that it's really too long-winded to answer in a podcast. It's all about, though, making the dog more confident, I think, within its environment because it sounds like having another male there, there's competition there, and the dog hasn't been able to cope. So now is highly anxious and is displaying that anxiety through these kind of behaviors.
0: But something like this can be fixed through positive reinforcement, behavior reinforcement. Yeah,
1: it can. And I think the worst thing to do is to punish this dog or um, to try and dominate it because it's already going through hell and you're just going to make it worse. I think that's what a lot of people don't understand when dogs are aggressive, you know, they're looking like they're nasty and that they're wanting to control the house. And well yeah, they are being controlling in a way, but not because they want to take over your house, it's because they feel very, very uncomfortable. And that's the only way that they've seen that actually might work. Um so it's something that you mustn't take lightly. It's something you must feel be very careful with. And also, you know, positive reinforcement is so fantastic when you're working with these cases because can really literally change a dog's mind and um, make a dog a lot more confident within its environment and it sounds like this
0: is what this dog needs and it sounds like Matt with a six-week-old baby girl congratulations Matt um, that there's enough stress and there's enough anxiety in the house he's probably not getting any sleep and it's probably being Mm. exacerbated by this whole situation so yeah all right good luck and um hey email Matt pictures of the baby. I would love to see the baby. And by the way, if you want to email Victoria at all um, on her website Positively.com, you'll see a button where you can uh, on the podcast page where you can click on and just email uh, questions and Matt, a picture of the new baby. That's awesome. All right, this question is from Betsy Redfern. Uh, She's in Boulder, Colorado, and she says she wants to find the episode just shown in uh, on Discovery Channel about American Bulldogs in a family with a new infant, speaking of but we know it's not Discovery Channel. It's actually uh, Animal Planet, but close. Okay, Animal Planet. Please tell me how to buy or download this segment. I need it soon. Um, apparently, it sounds like she may have a new little one in the house as well.
1: Yeah, the um, episode guide is on Positively.com, and there you've also got the TV schedule, which is also on Positively.com. The name of the episode, which is repeated occasionally on Animal Planet, um, is called Bully Breeds. Um So it's on Animal Planet, not the Discovery Channel. The episodes are available to buy on iTunes, but that's season one, only as of now. Um, But I would say, if you keep an eye on the schedule, Bully Breeds will come up. And um, I remember doing that episode and how... What was it about? Well, it was about um, two dogs, actually. One Mastiff mix, Mastiff pit mix, and another american bulldog and they had two children they had a, an older boy and they had i would say about a 18 a month old little girl mm-hmm. and there was another one on the way too and the american bulldog was beginning to growl at the at the child so wow. again yes uh, it was quite a tense situation so um yeah if she watches that it was it was quite an episode
0: Okay. And Betsy, congratulations. It sounds like there might be a new addition somewhere. So send yes. photos again. We love that. We should start something where people can send photos of their pictures, uh, photos of their uh, dogs and kids love it. and or together. Should we do yes. that? Before we'll have to too. talk to, yeah, um, yeah we'll, we, you know, we'll talk to a producer van and see what we can set up. So next episode, we'll let people know or email them to us at, um, podcasts at Positively.com and then we'll gather them and figure out where we're going to put them. We'll, let, we'll put Van to work on that. That'd be great. I, that's just selfish. I'd like to see that. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, this is from Brittany Parsons in Hawaii. Wahawea? How do you say that? Oh, Can you read that me. there? Wahiawa. That Wa-hai-a-wa. sounded I, sound like that. I don't <laughs> yeah. know wherever it is, though. I'd like to come visit. <laughs> no. That's great. I'll bring my sunscreen. All right. Dear Victoria, I have two mini dachshunds who are very picky eaters. They will oh, not eat dry dog food you at don't all. Say. Yeah. I've tried mixing it with canned dog food and warm chicken broth. I've tried just leaving out the dry dog food and not offering them any other food options and still nothing. They will only eat natural balance dog food roll, but it is so expensive. I want them to eat dry dog food as well. Any advice? thank you and i know that's a that's a really common problem mm-hmm. because dogs just like people can be picky eaters. they
1: can and small dogs especially can be very picky um i think the whole thing with dry dog food is that again dry dog food was a new invention in the 1950s because there was a surplus of corn in this country where does all the corn go well let's make a dog food with it and and since then it's become very very popular but there are some dogs that just really don't like it um if you get the really good quality high quality dog foods the wet dog foods um you can get some great brands that are extremely tasty and delicious um, but, but again, i would that also make cost an arm and a leg Yeah, it, very it might um Actually, in fact, some of the brands, the really good dog food does not cost a lot. Oh, okay.
0: Good um, to know.
1: And certainly with two Dachshunds, they're not going to be piling through a whole right. loads and loads and loads of food. So, Or, you know, you can feed a great diet of chicken and rice and um, make your own stuff that they might like to, to eat. Just be a little wary. Are they being fed together? Is it because there's any anxiety around the food bowl or any com- competition around the food bowl? Will they eat more when they're separated? I think that's something that test she should out. she should test out and she should look into because maybe it's not just that they're picky eaters, maybe it's just because they actually don't like eating close together, if indeed they do.
0: And if, if you decide that you're going to do your own food, like chicken and rice, do you need to obviously talk to a vet or somebody yes. to make sure you give them a balanced diet because you they do need vegetables, they need vitamins, minerals. Yes,
1: they do. And um, you know, if there's something that your dog, so so maybe you can actually add a little bit of the natural balance and really mix it well, so the dog can't pick it out from other bits of food, but but mix it well because it's obviously something they like. I'd also tell her, encourage her to warm warm the food up. Continue doing that because. Um, yes. if makes it even more irresistible
0: it releases those aromas trust me Mm -hmm. i do that for my very old cat and the whole Mm -hmm. house smells like cat food Mm -hmm. all right this one on the other side of the country actually on the mainland violet oswald from zephyr hills florida asks that her it says her dog chews on sticks and wants to know why because it's fun (laughs)
1: because it's you know chewing for dogs it's just it's a great pastime it makes them feel good it's like uh, some dogs obviously chew f- throughout, through anxiety, but just kind of like biting your nails. But most of them do it because they like it. And so grabbing a stick and chewing it is makes him feel good. The only thing you gotta be careful of is that if little bits of the stick get down its throat or stick into it, you got a problem there.
0: You don't want to puncture his stomach or esophagus or anything.
1: Yeah. So you do you do have to be careful with that. There are some great toys out there that actually look like sticks except they're highly durable and they can't be eaten. So maybe something that you can you could get like so a that, nylon bone or something? It's 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 like that. It's actually more sort of a rubber nylon. Um, and uh it looks like a stick so maybe it's something <laughs> the dog could carry around right um maybe you need to actually give your dog something else to chew like a, a toy stuffed with a little bit of food to encourage chewing on that rather than on, on a stick
0: you gave me some good advice um once to stuff peanut butter in a kong and freeze it and my dogs love it and it takes them a long time to get through because it's yes. frozen so they don't because they would just devour the peanut butter and then move on to something inappropriate Yeah. but it really takes that sort of licking chewing Need and it, and it helps them with that. Yep. Okay. Uh, let's go to Italy now, shall we? Milan, Italy. Oh, lovely. Let's go. Let's go right now <laughs> with Carol Cantor. We'd like to be there too. And uh, Carol just got a Labrador puppy and she says she's now four months old and cannot eat treats at this moment. In general, she's calm, but sometimes she gets a bit naughty. And I don't know if I should just say no or leave it with a loud voice or if I should put her in a separate room for a few minutes what's the best best method because it seems that she gets this loud voice as a game and continues to do the wrong thing that I'm trying to avoid I'd like to start training her as early as possible to avoid problems in the future But most programs on TV deal with older dogs so I'm not sure how to deal with the puppy thanks a lot that's tough can't have treats
1: can't have treats because of a digestive problem
0: it doesn't say but I would assume so
1: yeah um I would think that if the puppy's so young like that maybe it might be toy motivated Um, And really, this is the time you need to be training. And all the training methods you can use for older dogs, you can use for younger dogs too. I mean, Mm -hmm. 11 weeks is when the brain is like a sponge. So get training, get training now. Try and find something different that motivates your dog rather than just using food. Um, Or if your dog can't have treats, why don't you use a bit of its meal as, as food reward? So actually, it's just getting one kind of food source, but instead of being fed it at a mealtime all at once you can use it for training throughout the day that's one idea
0: especially if it's before mealtime the dog will be hungry so they're more likely to respond yeah
1: exactly so and if you you know the dog really is not responding to treats then use other motivators such as praise or a play or taking the dog out as a reward or using toys and you can use different kinds of toys some dogs love stuffed toys some love balls some love um, toys that uh, they can chase So I I would use all of those and just to to realize that even the shows that you're seeing with older dogs, puppies can be trained in the same way, too.
0: Good to know. All right. Now we're going to go from Italy to England. And this is Victoria Mason. Um, She's in Doncaster, South Yorkshire. I'm sure you know where that is. Yeah, I do. Mm -hmm. She has a Labrador who was attacked by a Staffy over a year ago. I guess a Staffordshire.
1: Staffordshire Bull Terrier.
0: And unfortunately, where I live, there seems to be a lot of aggressive dogs and bad owners. I do not have access to a car and cannot move, and we're limited to a big field in this area. I'm now fearful and anxious when taking her out, as she's almost been attacked countless times since, and it's no longer pleasurable taking her out, and I'm filled with dread. And it's causing me to have panic attacks and sleepless nights as I adore my dog, and if she gets attacked again, I don't know if she would survive it or if I could go through it again. I'm Mm -hmm. even thinking of taking... Mace out with me. I feel like I'm going mad. How can I stop another attack? I could not bear getting rid of her, but I'm convinced she will be attacked again. Uh-oh. And you know, also you have to be concerned because your dog could become aggressive just for self-defense. Yeah. Purposes.
1: Unfortunately, there are completely irresponsible owners and they let their dogs run riot and their dogs are attacking everything and unfortunately, you know, it's not their dog's fault, it's the owner's fault and it drives me nuts. Yes. Because so other dogs are getting attacked, and um, it's such a shame. I so I really relate to what she's going through and understand what she's going through. Is there any way could she have a friend or family member pick her up and take her to a different location to walk? Um, can she just do a leash walk without the dog going into a big field? Uh, as for carrying mace or pepper spray or anything like that, you are you, you you're on careful. dangerous dangerous ground. you've got to be careful and obviously in a lot of areas Macy's illegal so you can't use that. but I do have to say there is um a canister only to be used in, in this situation that you could ca- you can carry with you it's called direct stop and what it is that if you have a dog that you're worried about that's coming up and you think that that it could be potentially coming to hurt your dog, you take this spray and it's literally it just sprays air out. Um, but it's the actual sound of it that could stop another dog in its tracks I don't say that you should spray a dog in its face and literally this is only to be used only to be used if you think your dog is going to be attacked Um, so it's something you could carry around that's safe it's not going to hurt a dog but something that makes might make you feel a bit more confident because your dog needs to get out.
0: And I wonder if um, she could even meet some of the other people, some of the responsible dog owners in the park, and maybe they can do a group where they get their dogs together somewhere or, you know, go and confront those owners of dogs who are aggressive. And if you have to, alert the authorities. I mean, tell police because that cannot be safe. Because what if that dog were to not only attack another dog, but a human? Yeah. And, and I that think dog I, will be put down.
1: I think I understand, you know, uh, there are a lot of areas of Doncaster that um, are pretty difficult places, mm-hmm. and there are a lot of very irresponsible people. Uh, and she, I understand that maybe she lives on a state of something that it's very difficult to approach, mm-hmm. mostly the young boys with their Staffordshire Bull Terriers right. that um, kind of put the fear of God into people the authorities in a lot of these places don't even want to go and they will not respond to uh, threats of animal violence. Um, so I, I kind of understand that she might be beating her head, head against a brick wall, but, I'll, yeah, try it and, and see. And
0: even, like you said, the leash walk and make it fun for the dog so you mm-hmm. and your dog have some good bonding time and you're together and you can control the situation. Yeah, yeah. Well, good luck with that. And let us know, Victoria, um, Mason, if... Um, if things are better, we hope that uh, it all works out for you. Um let's go to Norway now, shall we? I love Norway. I've never been. It's
1: beautiful, absolutely beautiful. I went one when I was when I was an actress and I was playing Juliet in Romeo and Juliet and um we did a tour of Britain and Europe, and we would it was a traveling theater company, and our backgrounds would be castles. Wow. Uh, it was the most incredible thing. And we went to Norway, and I'm trying to remember the place that we went to, but it was famous for its roses. It's on the side of a mountain, and it was uh, you had to get on a boat oh, and wow. sail over the fjords to get to this particular place. Um, Norway beautiful, yes. Love very, very expensive. List. Do you know like a like a, a thing of beer, a pint of beer costs about $20 in Norway?
0: <gasps> yeah, it's the most expensive country on Maybe the planet. Maybe we could bring beer and make some money. <laughs> yeah, right. We can rescue dogs with that money. <laughs> yeah. All right, this is from Tom Gerritsen, who's in Bruval, Norway, and said... Uh, he wanted just to write and thank you for your work I have two wonderful dogs and can't find fault with any of them or am I just blinded by love a giant schnauzer male a Doberman female or alpha gal they make me laugh communicate all the time and make my life incredibly richer I've learned a lot on how to handle dogs through watching your work on TV and really think you do excellent work thanks so my question is why can't I find anything wrong with my dogs
1: (laughs) which is funny because I want to say
0: Tom are you single yes I am (laughs) single right Um, not that there's anything wrong with that but you know what is interesting, what I picked up from this, is that her, his Doberman female is the alpha gal. So often, in my house, my female dog is the bully. She kind of rules the roost, even though she's smaller than the other dog. Is that usually the case? I mean, as in with life? See, I think you've got to be
1: careful with the term alpha, because alphas are not bullies. The bully dog is more of the uh, the, the beta, oh, really? or the alpha wannabe. The, the, because they don't feel confident enough to be able to control environment. So they bully other dogs. Um, when you're looking at a true alpha, and again, the term is is difficult when you're talking about dogs or wolves because there's a lot of discrepancy on should the term alpha be used with our dogs at all. I'm not even going to go into that now. But if you're talking about true alpha, you're talking about a dog that's very, very confident, that mm-hmm. actually doesn't need to bully just a look from that dog will keep other dogs in line so alphas are very calm confident animals that hardly have that are, that are not violent. Um, I don't know it obviously seems like the blend of dogs is really good that it's working and hey you're very lucky Right. there are no problems you're obviously doing a lot of things right you've probably got a great environment that they live with that they're happy lovely to have happy dogs.
0: So maybe Tom needs to be one of your positive trainers. Is he he a trainer so well? I don't think so, but maybe he should because if he's got two great dogs that do well. And um, speaking of Michelle Hickey, um, who's in Salem County, New Jersey, so she wants to take training lessons from your company. She lives in South Jersey, so um, I know that you do a lot of training, dog training. um, Of, I mean, I should say dog trainer training. Um, but how if somebody did want to be a trainer or they wanted to look for a trainer yeah I take um,
1: my my Victoria still positively dog training actually takes trainers that have been practicing for a long time mm-hmm. so it's trainers that want to train under the positively brand um, so I actually don't have a training school but but if she's looking into a training school, um, I would really recommend the Karen Pryor Academy. Karen Pryor is our foremost, one of our foremost positive reinforcement trainers in this country. And in fact, in the world, she was the one that devised the concept of clicker training. And the Karen Pryor Academy, um, just go online and, and put that in and you'll, you'll find all the information that you need. I would, I would definitely recommend her training.
0: Okay, and uh, I think we have time for one last question. I could ask you questions all day long. Um, I'm learning so much, but this is from Natalie Deem from Houston, Texas. And... I do this one personally because I have the same issue. So I'm a little selfish here. And she has a dog named Oreo. And Oreo is an excessive licker. Ah. Whenever we pet him or do anything that involves being close to him, he licks us and doesn't stop until he gets bored. What can we do about it? Okay. In my house, we call it even, it's a drive-by licking. Like <laughs> if you just get anywhere near our dog cashmere, you'll, you'll be, am I wet? What was that? And then you look and you see the dog was in tongue vicinity and that was it. So um, that didn't really sound good, but it's yeah. an issue. <laughs> excessive licking just you know short of rubbing yourself in cayenne pepper
1: right it's an expression you know licking why is the dog licking is the dog licking out of anxiety is the dog licking because it dislikes the taste of you is the dog licking because it's an affectionate gesture there are many reasons why dogs lick um but all i say that licking stops attention so if you go up and you give the dog attention and it licks you just walk away wait for about three four five seconds Go back to the dog. Give the dog attention. If It licks. Walk away. Keep repeating this until your dog doesn't lick you. When your dog doesn't lick you, that means that uh, it keeps on getting attention. So licking means you go away. Not licking means it gets more of your attention.
0: And um, do you give a cue when you walk away so the dog can identify it with something? Or? You
1: can do. You can do a cue noise like ah and walk away. But I, you know, don't don't scream at the dog or right. do anything like that. You don't need to do that. You just need to need just to say licking licking stops that's it Looking <laughs> stops attention from me
0: Okay. And I have so many thoughts in my head about that whole issue, but I think that was really good. (laughs) (laughs) Really good advice. Um, okay. And if you have a question for Victoria, um, on positively.com, you just go to the podcast page and you'll see a button that says ask Victoria. Click it. It's really easy. Fill out your question, hit send, and we'll get it. And hopefully we'll be able to cover, um, one of your questions with Victoria. And also don't forget, you can follow Victoria on Twitter, twitter.com slash it's me or the dog. Um, she's updating all the time and Facebook her Facebook page is fun it's facebook.com slash Victoria Stillwell and uh, as we mentioned earlier um, Dave Marino, um, one of our producers, um, is going to cook a Thanksgiving meal for us next week, or next time, I should say, our Thanksgiving episode coming up.
1: In the only way D- Dave knows how, and I really urge people to watch this. because
0: yes. It's classic. He has a very unique way of making gravy. We'll, we'll see if we can do it without setting the house on fire. So, um, good to see you again. Fantastic. Um, again, send questions, com and uh, click on the Ask Victoria page, and we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to Victoria Stillwell's Positively Podcast. Check out more information about this podcast by visiting positively.com slash podcasts. The theme song for the Positively
1: Podcast, Addicted to the Phone by Elio Pace, is available on iTunes or at eliopace.com.